Hello and welcome to Teaching Sports, where we educate you on all Wisconsin sports, including D.C. Everest High School. Well, because we're teachers. The guys, Matt Bullis, Mike Matthews, Mike Sale, and C.J. Hansen, hey, that's me, will teach you all you need to know about the only teams that matter. Oh my goodness, well, we are back. It's been a little bit of a hiatus uh, but teaching sports, here we are. Um, we are going to start with a bit of the state of the D.C. Everest Winter Sports address with one Michael Matthews. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, good to see you again, CJ. It's good to be here. <laughs> um, so winter sports uh, obviously are winding down here. It's February. Um, unfortunately for the boys' hockey team, their season did come to an end uh, the other night, uh, Tuesday night against Wisconsin Rapids in a WIAA regional semifinal. Um, the hockey team ends its season with a 10 and 14 record. Um, you know, probably not exactly what Coach Van Slyke uh, wanted um, out of the boys this year, but um, you know, it is what it is. I think everybody more so is just glad to be back playing in a little bit normal environment. So um, the wrestlers have sectionals this week. Um, they have nine, nine qualifiers from the regionals in Marshfield. So uh, they go to the sectional in Eau Claire North. Uh, the top two in each weight division will advance to state uh, individuals next weekend. Uh, the boys swimming team had a phenomenal, I guess, postseason. They, they've, Swam really well in the conference meet, um, you know, and it's just our lack of numbers that kept us from, you know, maybe winning the conference championship there. Um, but we have really have some great swimmers. Um, and futures, young. futures bright. Yeah, young swimmers. Um, so there is, uh, the sectional was last week in Hudson. Uh, David Mayer, get used to hearing that name. Yep. Uh, sophomore won two races at sectional. Um, so he is seated sixth at the state meet in the 200 and fourth in the 100. So, um, you know, there's obviously opportunities for him to get on the podium. Uh, Camden Barwick um, also qualified in the 100. He's seated 23rd. And then their um, freestyle relay team, which includes both David and Camden, um, is seated 17th. So, uh, you know, a young team. Uh, getting all guys getting some experience down at the uh, state swimming in Waukesha. Uh, the Division One swims tomorrow, um, so that'll be uh, that'll be really exciting to see. And with the future of the the team, if they can get a little more depth the next couple mm -hmm. years, uh, they will be really good. Um, and uh, in the rumor mill, by the way, we have an eighth grade girl swimmer that I've been told is going to break every single one of our school records by the time she graduates. Wow. This chick's phenomenal, I guess. So um, so we'll be looking, she'll be a freshman next year, so she'll start. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah, that's. Um, so girls basketball, uh, they ended the regular season 9-15. and 15. Uh, They will play a regional semifinal a week from today um, up in Superior. They may be leaving today for that game. <laughs> uh, not sure. Um, Quite the road trip. But yeah, that's a little bit of a haul for a, a tournament game. But that's what you get when you're a Division One team in the North. There's, yeah, there's either, not many of you us. You might be going over to Eau Claire. You, you could be going to Hudson. You, I mean, yeah, yeah the, you could be going to Nina. So yeah. it's, I guess we're lucky. We're kind of in the middle. You know, it's Superior doesn't have to drive to Nina, or Nina doesn't have to right. drive to Superior. But um, so the girls will head up there. Um, the boys' basketball team. Um, they've got three games left yet in the regular season. They play Hudson, Medford, and Wausau East yet. They're at 10 and 11 right now. You know, I've watched them a little bit more lately. Um, you know, just there's not, there's just not consistency. There's some really good play at times, and then other times they struggle. Really big win against Stevens Point conference win, I thought, that night. Yeah. When I watched that game, they, they really played well on both ends of the court. Obviously, Marcus Hall is having a phenomenal season. Whenever um, you score 50 in a game that's big time, he's done it twice. Yeah. He More can than score 50. he can score 800 points this year. 
which you see that sometimes in a smaller school when they got one kid. Right. But you're in a Division One school um, scoring 800 points in a season. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah. And he should thank his brother because if Colton wouldn't have torn his ACL, <laughs> Marcus would just be another name on the roster because Colton would be scoring all these points. So Correct. Um, girls hockey, the, the Storm's phenomenal season, 20-3 and three regular season. Man. Um, they will play next Tuesday will be their first game of the playoffs because uh, they have a bye here uh, in the first round because they are the one seed. Um, they've just consistently been beating teams, um, obviously getting real good goaltending, you know, other teams scoring one, zero, one. Um, wow. So great job out of them. There, there are five Everest kids on that team. So And they're the one seed for the playoffs coming up? They are the one seed, and they're, yeah, and there's, there's only six teams in their bracket. Sure, sure. But they got to win two games to get down to uh, Madison. So. And typically they're at state. I mean, yeah, they, they're, they're kind of a powerhouse program that produces state qualifying teams. And they've yeah. won state a few times. So Yeah, yeah, they've won um, it a couple times. They've got... Yeah, they've been down there uh, several times. Pretty um, dominant program yeah. in girls' hockey. Yeah, really, they are. Yeah. Um, and then some of the other, um, the dancers were state champs in Palm. By the way, uh, I, have to, back. I have to shout out, I was able to go to the dance extravaganza uh, a couple weeks ago. My youngest daughter, um, you know, they, they teach little kids a yeah. couple of dances, and they that's part of the night. But the other part of the night is just a have a celebration and showcase a bunch of the dancers and, and team dances as well, but also highlight some of the seniors and kind of farewell. It was really awesome. Uh, it's like a big fundraiser as yeah. well for them. Yeah. But I got to tell you, it was I was into it. Uh, there was a beautiful uh, father dance that surprised the kids. All the dads kind of came out and did a dance. It was hilarious, oh, but yeah. it was cool. Yeah. It was like a meaningful thing. Absolutely. I'm not gonna lie. I may or, may or not. Uh, you might have to be in one of those father uh, dances. It might in a few happen. Cora uh, keeps yeah, dancing sometime. But shout out to the dancers. Uh, yeah. Super talented. I don't think they get enough credit. No. Uh, they've been a dominant program for our school as well yeah. uh, with multiple state championships. Yeah, Coach Palm. Bukult has done a Coach phenomenal Bukult, job. I'll tell you what, what a legacy she's leaving behind in that You know, and I, went, I came here that day they came back and they had a little bit of an assembly. This team only has three seniors. Yes, yep. And predominantly A lot freshmen of freshmen and sophomores. and sophomores. Yeah, I was yeah. shocked so, um, at the extravaganza when it was like freshmen. Fre- they were introducing them, right? Freshmen, freshmen, yeah. sophomore, sophomore. I was like... This team's going to be really yeah. good for a long time. Yeah, Renee, Renee even made the comment, like, they didn't really know what they had coming in because of their lack of experience. And they really did some, some good mental preparation for those young kids down in lacrosse and stuff to perform and not worry about everything else that's around you. Just focus on what you have to do. And, um, you know, that just goes to show you she, she's got a good pulse on her team and, and knows – how to make them most successful at the right time. I'm going to say this, and this might be controversial, but she, I don't know if it is or not, but she might be the most successful active head coach, like right now that we have in our, yeah. in our district. Yeah. And I think just, just because the storm just kind of switched, but obviously the storm coaching has been phenomenal. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Powerful. yeah, here, like she's, consistently has teams either going to state or up there in the top. Um, I know there's different dance varieties that you can do. Um, So you can just focus on one, but they've had teams, you know, in the past that have gone down there and performed in two or three different events. They did two this year. They took first in Palm and I think third in jazz or something like that, which is typically what they compete in. And they're top five almost every year in both cat. I mean, that's incredible. So, yeah, shout out to, to the dance team. Way to go. Yep. And Ski and Snowboard has their state tournament uh, this weekend. I know some kids, um, the school had posted uh, on Facebook a list of kids that had made it. I think there's about five or six. Um, and the state curling tournament is going on in Wausau right now. So that'll wrap up hey, just like winter the, sports. Just like the Olympics, uh, yeah. we got the, the winter sports uh, on the snow and ice yep. as well. Well, I guess we have to get into our next segment of uh, Seasons Over. Green Bay Packers uh, did not meet expectations, uh, but getting bounced 
in their first game of the playoffs. I mean, couldn't even win one game in the playoffs. Um, and honestly, uh, Matthews, I got to say, I think it was just a really bad matchup for Green Bay. Honestly, I, I feel like if, well, one, if they beat the Niners, I think they're the Super Bowl champs. Two, if they didn't have to play the Niners, I think it would have been more beneficial for them uh, to make a run. But you got to play who's in front of you. Um, it was disappointing. It's disappointing. Thoughts on some of the changes that have now kind of happened as a result of the season being over. We had some movements on the coaching staff. Uh, obviously, we've had a couple of premier players in the league retire. Kind of a, maybe a change of the, changing of the guard in the NFL, if you will, maybe uh, in the future here. Yeah, I think obviously Big Ben, that one's, I think that's the most... Um for sure, 100% for sure retirement. I still kind of think Brady's trying to get out of Tampa, and that's why he retired. So why? Um, okay, so let me ask this question. Why out of Tampa? They won a Super Bowl in his first year there. They were on the doorstep of playing in the NFC Championship game. Like, why, why would he want to change scenery yet again then? I think for Brady... And I'm just throwing this out there, but I think there was kind of a culture of complacency with the Buccaneers this year. Um, and that's just not Tom Brady. You know, like he, he wants to go after it every year. Yep. And I think there were, and not, not the whole team, but I think there was, you know, a little bit of a, you know, hey, we're the champs. We did an environment. It's called the Super Bowl you know? hangover. Yeah. And yeah. And obviously they all had hangovers from the party they had in the Bay there, but. Um, including Tom. Yeah, yeah. Mix, mix in a water, like he told Yeah, like Matthew he told Stafford, told Stafford that. Uh, he called him Matt, though. Yeah. It's Matthew yeah, Stafford. Yeah. Come on. Nice. Come on, Tom. Thomas. Thomas. Come on. Come on. Um, so I think he's still trying to needle his way out. I don't know where. Um, part of me thinks San Francisco. Um, but I don't know, because he sees there's a really good defense there. There's a really good team there. Uh, maybe Trey Lance isn't quite ready yet. Jimmy's obviously going to be moved uh, just because of a, the financial situation. So um, I don't know. I could be I could be 200% wrong on that, but I just kind of get as, that feeling that Brady still has an itch he needs to scratch. So. As a Packer fan, I really hope he stays retired. <laughs> well, totally. I'm going to be honest. Or I, goes, plays in the AFC I don't again, care. You know? I just want him. You know, it's been a good run, Tom. You've had your, your time in the sun. Uh, let's ride off into the sunset with your health and uh, enjoy going out on top. Holy cow, that kid, guy had a great season this year too, statistically. So, um, all right. What do you think of the fact that uh, in the Packers coaching staff, we have some movement? Um, Nathaniel Hackett was announced as the Denver Broncos head coach. So he leaves that offensive coordinator position in Green Bay. Um, and some changes on the staff with the special teams coordinator. Uh, Mo Drayton is fired. We bring in, uh, what is it, Biak? How, how do you, I don't even know how to Biagio say it. Biagio or something? Biaka, Biagio, whatever. Biagio, I don't know. Yeah. It's not Kabir Baja Biamila. No. Uh, I know that. Um, but we have the special teams coach coming in from the Raiders who had been their interim coach after John Gruden got fired and did a really good job. Absolutely. I, th I was really impressed. I thought he did enough to, to earn the head coach permanently there. But you bring a guy in who's probably considered one of the best special teams coaches in yeah. the league. Also someone who um, ran a team in dysfunction and, and had them competing. Yeah. Uh, and had the respect of his locker room. In fact, a lot of people were upset, I guess, in that locker room that he get, didn't get what they considered a fair shake at that head coaching position full-time. But you bring a wealth of experience to your staff. I would think Matt LaFleur is pretty pretty excited about that. Thoughts on some of the changes yeah, with the coaching staff? That was obviously the no-brainer move, is they're getting rid of the uh, special teams guy. Um, and it's sometimes it's too bad that a coach – has to take the fall, but when, when you don't see improvement um, through the year, then obviously that some of it has to be put on the coach. Um, maybe his name's Bellagio <laughs> from the Vegas. I don't know. Um, I think it's a great situation for him because I think that Vegas gig is going to be extremely difficult. 
just because of the um, outside enticements um, in Las Vegas. Um, you know, we've kind of seen that already with their young wide receiver uh, having his situation. And then Alvin Kamara during the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, some things that happen in Vegas just get out. Yeah. They don't just stay in Vegas. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think it's a good setup for us. You got, you got a guy with some leadership experience, a great special team resume. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as far as Hackett, you know, I think good, good for Hackett. Yeah. Um, but, and nothing against Hackett, but let's be honest, Matt LaFleur is the offensive coordinator. Of this Very team. true. Um, so is it, is it a loss that hurts? Yeah, you know, because it's always relationships that you lose. But I think in the scheme of thing, as far as coaching, you know, it's not a, not a huge loss for us. Um, losing the quarterback coach to uh, the Bears might have been a huge loss, but now the Packers got Tom Clements um, out of retirement to be the quarterback coach who's got a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers. So, um so maybe that loss won't be as big as, as what we first thought when it hit the airways. So Rich Basaccia, or Basaccia is yeah. the yeah that's that's the name of uh, the new special team <laughs> coordinator there. Yeah, I, I agree that um, we know who the play caller is in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think like you had mentioned, um, Tom. Clements coming in as the the quarterback coach now and wasn't it Stenovich that the O-line coach that got kind of promoted to yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. offensive coordinator so they're keeping a lot of things in house they're um, you know some promotion from within but also adding a guy to the staff who had been on the staff before so th- yeah. you know like someone that knows Aaron Rodgers well Rodgers uh, from what I hear uh, is really close with Tom Clements and, yeah. and speaks to the world of him I mean, to me, this all sets up that he comes back in Green Bay. Uh, I don't think there's any question that he's going to be the, the quarterback next year right. uh, in Green Bay, which I think um, is is the right the right call for the organization um, and for him. And for him. Frankly, totally. and for yeah. him and his legacy and just everything. Um, yeah, so I guess the, uh, the next big um, the next big question is um, who gets re-signed, who gets – let go for salary reasons. I mean, there's a lot, a lot uh, of dominoes that are going to fall uh, with this roster and how it gets built for this next season. There are some people that are going to want to get paid, and rightly so. I mean, um, my biggest question mark, I guess, Matthews, is this Tanyan situation, and here's why. Very talented tight end, has had some nice couple statistical seasons, but tore up his knee. So you factor that in. I don't know if he's going to get paid quite the way he thought he would get paid or, or probably should get paid because of the concerns with the injury. Could Green Bay get him on a bit of a maybe a one-year discount prove-it deal with is it coming back from an ACL and maybe he wants to stay, right? Because he's got a connection with Rodgers. It's a good offense. He's familiar with it. The staff, I, I kind of maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise that he tore up his knee. Maybe we get him for a, a cheap discount for a year and you know see if he's okay. I don't know. What are your thoughts on some of the roster stuff? Uh, who would you like back? Who do you think lose? <clears throat> what do you think? Well, I don't need Kevin King back. Yeah, I think he's gone. Um, I don't need Zadarius Smith back because we had a fine season this year without him. Agreed. Um, Tanyan, I think you're right. Like he might have to get some type of prove-it deal um, and just accept that. And I think he wants to play, obviously, with Aaron, and Aaron wants to play with Bob. So, um, you know, those those things hopefully fall in line, you know, and, and Tanyan comes back, bounces back, has a great year, and then maybe we can pay him the next year. Um, I think the, the Devondre Campbell one is the big one. Yeah. Um, you know, we gave him an opportunity. Um, he took full advantage of it. Um, how much money is he going to want? Right. Um, you know, that uh, situation could be a little bit sticky. Uh, Rasul Douglas said yeah. he wants to come back, and he doesn't. And he has said he doesn't have to be paid um, obnoxiously, I guess. Um, so that that would be huge to get him back. I think that's, he's a guy that just has great anticipation skills. 
Um, you know, and then, you know, do you play Alexander at a little more of a safety slash nickel spot um, and keep Stokes and Douglas on the outside? All I know is Rasul Douglas was everything we wanted Kevin King to be, and he wasn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Rasul Douglas came yeah. in and actually could cover, yeah. make plays on the ball, get some huge turnovers. I mean, he had a couple pick sixes. He had the interception to seal the Cardinals. I mean, they were big-time plays, too, like time, yeah. timely plays in games uh, against Chicago, right? Like, pick six, like, I think it was him that had the pick six in that game. Like, just big plays, momentum-turning plays. I mean, basically, huge addition, especially if you can also then take, you know, you get rid of a Kevin King, you keep a Russell Dutt. That's big time. Like, that's a right. huge, a huge yeah. di- a- addition to your secondary. Um, and Eric Stokes, what a rookie year he had. He, his future's bright for him. So if you, like you said, if you have your top three corners are Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Rasul Douglas, that's a great start in your secondary. I think Adrian Amos had a really solid year. I'd like to see more from Savage. There's some question marks there. But like that, if that's what your secondary is, that shapes up to be a really solid secondary in the NFL. Yeah. Thoughts on uh, any other uh, things with the salary cap or or roster? Yeah, there's just you're gonna obviously gonna have to renegotiate and back end a lot of these contracts. Kenny Kings or Kenny Clark's, um, Aaron Jones. Um, I think those are the two big ones. Preston Smith, if you're gonna bring maybe him back, ba- maybe Bakhtiari. Yep. you know you're gonna he just signed that massive deal. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers, of course. Yeah, Aaron's going to have to – Boy, you'd really like him to take – you know, can you ask the two-time or four-time altogether MVP to take a little bit of a hometown <laughs> discount? That's tough. Um, that's tough. You know, that's probably hard, but if he if he understands what's best for the team Well, if right he understands now, this might be the only way to get Devontae back. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah. like, think about it. Is that the biggest question mark right now on this roster? Can we get Devontae back, do you think? I mean, yeah. I think so. Best wide receiver in the game. Has a connection uh, with Rodgers. Uh, yeah, right there. I thought that was great because Cooper Cup had a great playoffs. He made the game-winning touchdown catch. And, you know, I don't – not that Devontae doesn't deserve huge money, but, you know, maybe Cooper Cup's the best wide receiver and we don't have the best wide receiver and we'll pay him like the second best wide receiver. <laughs> I don't know. But um, it was, I think, yeah, whoever – the financial guy right now um, Is that Russ for the Ball? Packers. Yeah, he has to have – like the all an ulcer the size of Lake Michigan right now, um, because that's all that computing. Knowing that in a couple of years the, the salary cap's really going to go up when the the new TV contract and if you can back end some money, um, you know you can probably field a damn good roster this year. And my guess is they've worked out a lot of scenarios over this last season. Like, I'm guessing that's what they spent the majority of their time doing, like working out all these scenarios. Okay, this is what we'll try first. And if this doesn't work, this is our backup plan. And if we can get this contract done, then we can do this with this. You know, I'm sure there's a ton of scenarios that they've kind of worked out, numbers that they've worked out. Okay, we can we can get away with this contract, but this is where it kind of gets a little too pricey for Rasul Douglas, but you know, or whatever. Right. So I'm sure they have some scenarios and plans in place, but obviously we're not privy to that, and we're just hoping that it works out so our team can actually be good again next right. year. Well, yesterday, Kenny Clark tweeted out, God is great. And I just thought, ooh, you know, and I thought, oh, maybe we've restructured him and we've saved some money somewhere. You know, and, and maybe some of these dominoes are going to start falling. Um, but then he never really had any follow-up. I went on his Instagram. He didn't really have any explanation. There's people replying to his tweet. What's up? You know, like, yeah. share. Um, but, um, you know, so I think anytime with social media now, you can find out stuff Yeah. Uh, so quickly. So, so do we have a uh, NFL Commissioner Matthews report here? Are you making yeah. some changes in the National Football League here? Or uh, what, what you know, do we got? What do we got, Commissioner we, Matthews? We have to make changes in every sport. So I think we did baseball and then we did college football. That's right. So NFL um, changes NFL from Com- changes. Commissioner Matthews. Go ahead, sir. First of all, what's a catch? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. here's – this is how – if you have two feet on the ground in possession of the ball – it's a catch. 
you know, this third step or football move. To me, if you're catching the football, you're making a football move. Correct. Okay, and not letting the ball bounce Which off currently is, if I want to be in bounds, it's two feet down. Right. So let's make that all over the field. Because the rules are different in the end zone than in the middle of the field. Yes. You know, like, let's – I the hey, refing football is difficult because these athletes are super fast. They are super strong. Um, you have to try to anticipate without anticipating. You know, so refing's hard. So make it a little bit more – Black and white, two feet on the ground, possession of the ball. And, this and if is he coming gets licked from, a half a second later, it's a fumble. Yeah, and this is coming from someone who is a football referee. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some perspective that you bring Correct. from that, you know, from that uh, experience. Exactly. Next, we have to change the personal foul on sportsmanlike conduct rule. If it occurs on fourth down and after the dead ball, it's really not a penalty. You know, like if you're going to make a great tackle on fourth down and then you taunt the runner, it should be a continuation play, not a dead ball play. That 15 yards should should really hurt your team and keep you on the field, not move back your offense because you just stopped somebody on fourth down. I don't know. Interesting. Um, that's just one where I see a lot of times on fourth down, you know, like you get the taunting or an unsportsmanlike or a, a personal foul. Um, and you end up penalizing the offense, but the team that had the ball doesn't retain it. So I just think that needs to be changed. Um, the offensive player fumbling into the end zone and then out of the end zone, oh, the yes. defense gets it. Oh, I've, yes. I've hated this rule <laughs> since I began uh, officiating. If you fumble it and it goes out of the end zone, you know, the defense had their chance to recover it. The offense should just get the ball at the 20-yard line, and it should be the next down from whatever it was. Okay. So if it's third down and goal from the two, yep. and uh, I fumble out of the back of the end zone, reaching for the pylon, it gets knocked out, it doesn't cross the plane before possession is lost, ball goes out of the back of the end zone or to the side of the end zone, whatever it is, fourth down from the 20. Yeah. I like it. Simple. It's easy, yep. and there's a penalty for it, but it's Absolutely. not. but it's not like – yeah. The weird rule that yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not – I mean, there are not many defensive advantage rules. Like, this is a huge one. Yes, um, massive one. And yet the defense didn't actually recover. Now, they maybe caused the fumble, but they didn't recover the ball. Um, I liked what the, the – did you see the Pro Bowl? I saw parts of it. My so, son watched the whole thing. He was very into it, 10 years old. So the onside kick thing – I mean, it's the rules are so hard right now, and you know if you got a guy that's really there to get the ball, and then somebody comes in with a ten yard head start and cold cocks him. Yep. Um, I think it happened to Savage once. Yep. This year it did. Yeah, he was down um, for a while. Yep. So I think you go with the Pro Bowl rule. You put the ball on the thirty five yard line, like where you're going to kick off from. It's fourth and fifteen, and if you get the fifteen yards, you retain possession. That's your onside kick. If you don't, then the defense. We'll get the ball right there. I think that's a unique rule. You know, I liked it in the Pro Bowl because, like, a team would score a touchdown and all of a sudden they're, they've got fourth and 15, you know, and, like, they could retain the ball and stuff. Um, in fact, one of the fourth and 15s was a pick six, I think. Um, I think Kyler or somebody threw yeah. a pick six on it. It just makes it a little bit more so, exciting, right? Absolutely. Yeah, just yeah. more – and if – Football's about entertainment right now and making money, which, totally. which oh, is what it's ass, about. Money. So then why not? Yeah. It makes more sense. Um, I like that one. And then I'm a fit. I'm a the, fan. So two more left here. Playoff overtime. Yes. Now, now overtime in general or just playoff? I, the regular season overtime, I don't care. Okay. A tie's a tie. Whatever. Yep. Um, you know, and if – but I guess the one thing I'd like to change in both overtimes is – it's not an overtime period. It's just the fifth quarter. So if the game is tied and I have the ball and I'm trying to get into field goal range, and let's say I'm not quite there, let's say I'm on the 45-yard line and time runs out, we just start the fifth quarter with me having the ball on the 45-yard line, and it's sudden death. That's what I do in the regular season. Okay. If my team just kicked a field goal to tie it, well, now, and time expired, now I, got, I have to kick off. Change of possession. Yeah. 
Gotcha. I have to kick off. Now, I can choose to do the 4th and 15 thing and try to get the ball back okay. if I want. Yep. But, but then if we, we don't just get continue, it, they, We're not they get starting the... all over with a coin flip and everything. We're just continuing the game into the next quarter. Like you would normally. Right. From the 1st to the 2nd quarter, the 3rd to the 4th quarter. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, I looked this up a lot because the Baltimore Ravens had this proposal. And... Um, They want to do, I can't remember, it's called the spot and choose rule. So you have team A and team B are in overtime. Yep, I have heard of this. You throw a coin toss, a coin toss, Um, team A wins it, and they can pick a spot on the field where the first drive of overtime starts. And then team B can decide if they want to play offense or defense. I really like that. Because so, you could say from the opposite one, you know, like they got to go 99 the yards. The problem is they could say, yeah, then we're yeah, we'll on play defense. defense. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you can't say, so you, you might can't, have to say the 10-yard line maybe. Maybe. Or, but, you know, there's some game play, gamesmanship there. Um, and then it is sudden death. If you score, you win, you know, because you're choosing to play defense first. Where do you think most – I mean, this is this – is, they've probably done some research on this, but where do you think a team would – Try to say yard know. line. I mean, do you just go the typical 20, I, like on a, a touchback or a 25? It, yeah, or do they, you go like so 30 or 35? Sean just McDermott to, was – they talked about this with yeah. Sean McDermott. He said he would say the five-yard line. Wow. Wow. And okay. then if, if my defense can't stop you from going, you know, 55 yards basically to get to the 40, you know – then I don't deserve. But what if they say you're on – like they, they feel like – Then they say you're on offense yeah. and Sean okay, McDermott fine. We're says, take I got the Josh ball. Allen, damn yeah. it. We're, we're going to take go. the ball we're going to go win. Okay. Absolutely. Matt Hassel Beckett. Yeah. <laughs> How'd yeah. that work out yeah. for him? <laughs> we want the ball we want the and we're going to win. Yeah, I watched that. Uh, he should have said, we're gonna take, we want the ball and I'm going to throw a touchdown pass. And then yeah, then he would have been right. Nostradamus there. Right. Okay. And then the last one, of course, you got to have the Ted Lasso rule. Beautiful. Okay. So we have the USFL starting up. Oh, a little... Uh, and I, I want to okay. kind of see how that goes this summer. Sure. Um, and then next year, the NFL season plays through. The worst team has to come back that summer and play in the USFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. this year would have, have to, play to go in the play USFL. in the USFL. And then the winner, the champion of the USFL... Plays the next fall in the AFC South. So it could be Jacksonville. Could, could be Jacksonville. Or but it, could it could be, be anybody else. Anyone else. And they, they have to take their spot in the AFC South. So you could have a team from like the Houston Bandits, I think they are. Like they might win it and they have to go in the AFC South and play against the Houston, Houston Texans. Houston Texans. The Battle of Houston. Because they've always had teams from the same city play in different leagues. You right. know, the Jets and the Giants are NFC, AFC. Yep. You know, um, so I think that would be that would be really interesting if if you had Houston and Houston in the same division with Indianapolis and Tennessee. Now there'd have to be a joint deal then between the NFL and the USFL to make that work, but right. I think it's advantageous for both leagues to do something like that. Right. Obviously for the USFL it's it means more for their season, right? Yeah. Because it's to get into the NFL. Now right. it does make them the little the little brother, but that's what they are anyway. Yeah. Um, the NFL, it's cutthroat. You, you can't just be playing for the first pick then. No, yeah, you can't. Now, how does that work then? Well, you still get the first pick. Okay. Even if you're you know. in the USFL, how does well, that work for that team coming in? So I think there's some <coughs> details to iron out, but I like right. it. There's some details to iron out, but yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And maybe, if, if well, maybe you play the year, Jacksonville plays the year, they play their 17 games. They're the worst team. They have to play in the summer now. Yeah. In the USFL. Let's say they win the USFL. Now they got to go and play in the fall again. That's like, a lot. That's a lot of football. So I don't know if so. Yeah. You know. But I like health it. of players. Yeah. Ted Lasso didn't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're the worst in the best league, you got to go to the worst league, and then if you're the best in the worst league, you can get to the best league. There's, I don't know. Maybe maybe you have thirty three. We might have to tweak. Maybe it. you have thirty three picks. Yeah. You know, in the first round, so that team that maybe makes it gets. Or everybody that Jacksonville drafts has to go play in the USFL with that. Because I, I, you there's know, some, there's yeah, some, there's, there's something gotta, there that we, we work out some somewhat. tweaks. But I like it. I but like I just, the idea. I don't want it. these teams to 
you know, not like they're throwing games or not trying to win games. Shit, Jacksonville won the last game of the year against Indianapolis. Yeah. To keep Indianapolis out of That is true. The playoffs. Out of playoffs. So um, I don't think they were trying to lose any games, but you just want to try to stay away from that, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you definitely – we got to tweak it some. Um, I think the NFL is a little more supportive of the USFL this time around. Um, so maybe it'll work, but – um, you know, just throwing that out there. You just, I, yeah. I just love that te- that rule on Ted Lasso. Uh, yeah, it's so. good. Well, I mean, and that's the rule over in, in yeah, that's well, the rule yeah. for for in football. Football, yeah, yeah, football is life. Um, for all you Ted Lasso fans out there, <laughs> um, us included. So let's transition from the NFL to college now. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Badgers football and Badgers basketball. So the Badgers football program. Some changes again, right? So we're talking – change has been kind of the off-season topic of, of the – you know, topic du jour, if you will. Um, Caleb Williams was the biggest name on the transfer market in college football. Caleb Williams, former quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners, true freshman, had a great season. Um, and everybody thought, oh, it's a done deal. He's going to go to USC – follow his, his coach um, from Oklahoma to USC, Lincoln Riley. But then there started popping up a lot of rumors about Wisconsin. And people were like, what? Wisconsin? Caleb Williams? That doesn't seem like a, a fit. doesn't seem legit. But then the more you read about why and the connections between Bobby Ingram, who's now the new offensive coordinator at Wisconsin, his son, Bobby Ingram's son, Dean Ingram, uh, who just moved from cornerback to wide receiver at Wisconsin. Um, they were connected through Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C. So Dean Ingram on the Wisconsin roster played with Caleb Williams um, together in high school. Bobby Ingram uh, has a relationship with Caleb Williams. And there was some some thoughts that that actually could happen. Now, at first, I dismissed all of this stuff, but as I kept reading and as <laughs> I started to get my hopes up, Mike, which is typically Absolutely. what I do. Well, there were a lot of lines being There connected. was a lot of connections. I got my hopes up too, too high, <laughs> as per usual. And then Caleb Williams did do what everybody originally thought, and he followed his former coach, Lincoln Riley, to USC. Uh, and then crushed my heart because I really started thinking, oh, sweet, we're going to win a national championship. Caleb Williams is going to go to Wisconsin. He's going to Russell Wilson it, and we are going to win a national championship. So that didn't happen. Graham Mertz will be probably the quarterback this next year. Now, a couple things. One, Dean Ingram did move from corner to wide receiver. Adds a, an element that we haven't had on offense in a while, like a true slot receiver, which is what he's going to be. Dynamic athlete. Uh, now, he was the, uh, the best, um, according to PFF, Pro Football Focus, uh, Dean Ingram at corner actually had the lowest completion percentage of all corners in college football with so many snaps, uh, which is pretty impressive, actually. So obviously, this move from corner to wide receiver, they, they like what he could bring to the table there. Yeah. They, or they wouldn't allow that change to happen. And they get four transfer portal secondary guys. Correct. They did. Um, a couple of actually pretty decent corners in Justin Clark and uh, Cedric Dort. Uh, and then Jay Shaw from UCLA. Actually, a couple guys from UCLA. Uh, and a receiver as well. So uh, the thought is this Justin Clark from Toledo, this Jay Shaw from UCLA, or this Cedric Dort Jr. from Kentucky. Actually, I hear Jay Shaw and Cedric Dort are probably, um, could be their starters uh, from the transfer market. Uh, so that's, you know, trying to fill some holes. Uh, a couple guys graduated in uh, Cesar Williams and um, Fayon Hicks. So needed to kind of replenish that. Uh, transfer market sounds like it, it's going to make an impact mm-hmm. this year for Wisconsin. We, we picked up a kicker. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vito Calvaruso. Absolutely. From Arkansas. We have great kicking names at Wisconsin. You know, we had Raphael Gaglione. Gaglione. Vitali Pasetsky. You know, yeah, Pasetsky. um, Really, Ricky Snetsky. Um, I think he was a Green Bay kid. 
Um, but that's a great name, Vito. It is you know? a great name. Part of the all get name, out there and knock one the, down from fifty five. All name team. Uh, and they also picked up this um, Keontes Lewis wide receiver for uh, UCLA. Uh, who's uh, supposed to be pretty decent. So there's some guys, uh, this Bryce Carey, who's a safety from Northern Illinois. The safety position is down on scholarship numbers, so that's a, a good addition. It sounds like Jim Leonard and, and staff, um, you know, obviously there's quite a few defensive additions there and one offensive um, addition. Yeah, and I think most of the defensive line is intact. The defensive line's pretty solid. I mean, they lose yeah. Matt Henningsen. Uh, but basically everybody else is back. So that yeah. and that's a good defensive line already. Um, now, obviously, the linebacker core, uh, losing your top middle linebackers who are both going to be drafted in Sanborn and Chanel, uh, that's going to be a spot where you're going to look for some young guys to step up. But they've been pretty they solid to be able just to refill the cupboard uh, at inside linebacker. Find some blue-collar Wisconsin kids to come in there. and Actually, this Jordan Turner kid who got some time is a dynamic athlete and they're really high on he's going to be probably one of their starting inside linebackers but yeah i think uh the transfer portal good good additions um i think the badgers um are setting up for another solid season thoughts uh any other thoughts on the transfer portal there well not so much a transfer i think the offensive coordinator yeah you know we needed a different mind in there um we got to spice it up a little bit you know, I know we're still going to be a ground and pound. But maybe um, different ground and pound because, yeah. I mean, Bobby Ingram's coming from Baltimore where they use the quarterback. They use a lot of different interesting formations to, to take advantage of some things, maybe some right. motion, more motion stuff, right? So, yeah, just this innovative mind coming in who's worked with Chris before yep. at Pitt. Yep. Um, so there's a connection there. There's a trust there for Chris. Yep. Now, Chris might still be the play caller, but – just to design some different things, give some more unique looks, have some, yeah, someone right. else new, exciting, invigorate the offense a little bit is yep. what's needed. So good. All right, let's, let's uh, move on to Badger basketball, 20 and five overall. That's awesome. 20 win season already, 11 and four in the big 10, right behind uh, Purdue, who's 12 and four. Um, so far, I think you got to say that it's been a pretty great season for Wisconsin basketball. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I guess, you know, I think their record is better than they are, but when you have a candidate for national player of the year, um, you're in every game. And if you can keep it close, which they've done a lot this year, correct? like they've, they've played well, like the last three minutes of close games. They've closed teams out. They've oh. responded well in crunch time when the pressure's on. Yeah. yeah. The only time they really didn't was last week against Rutgers. Correct. You know, Rutgers kind of took over. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. But, you know, you get into the tournament, it'll always be a matchup. It's you know? always matchups. If we play like a guard-oriented team, I think we'll be fine. But if, if – They've got a big center. That's we struggle because we are not, we are not muscle bound in the center right now. Well, that and it seems like Crowell and um, uh, what's his vote. name, vote. Yeah, it seems like they get in a lot of foul trouble too yeah. when they play like good centers. Yeah, they always they're always they're getting just called for yeah they're always getting called for fouls. So yeah, yeah. um, big uh, game against a kind of a hot Michigan team uh, coming up on Sunday, um, but they have five games left before postseason play. Um, and honestly, they're all, you know, or well, I'd say mostly winnable games, um, although Purdue at home is going to be real tough. Purdue's just a tough team. But, I mean, Michigan at home, on the road at Minnesota, obviously at Rutgers, that's the hot team right now. They just lost to at home. But I'd like to think that, they won't lose twice to that team. I don't know. Um, you still got to go play on the road. Uh, and then home against Purdue. Purdue's tough, but it's home, so you know, yeah. it should be a good game. Uh, and then home against Nebraska. I think at worst, at worst, you're looking at four and two there. Uh, or three and three at worst, I guess. Actually, at three and three maybe at worst. But you'd like to think at least four and one, maybe five and one. Um is that good enough to win the Big Ten? Probably not. 
but they're right there. They're top three Big Ten team. That's impressive going into the Big Ten tournament. They'll have a good seed, and then they should have a pretty solid seed going into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So any other thoughts on Badger basketball other than, I mean, Johnny Davis is a stud. Yeah, they just got to stay healthy right now, um, you know, and, and just try to. You know, Tyler Walls played a lot better offensively. I mean, I, he was always a defensive Great stopper. Great defensive player. Um, but he's come up with some big games. Uh, so, you know, I think, yeah, they're at Rutgers game, you know, it'll. I know Ron Harper Jr. got hurt the other night. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Right. I think they play Purdue tomorrow, is it? Or Sunday, maybe? I think so, maybe? yeah. Um, so that's a huge game. Um, you know, you don't have to play Illinois anymore. You're done with Michigan State. You know, obviously, the Nebraska and Minnesota games, you have to win you those games. You have to win those games. Those are... You know, you have to win those games. You you almost have to win the Michigan you, home game. You do. Um, you know, because then if you win those three, you're at 14 wins in the Big Ten, you know, Um if you end fourteen and six, might be in the hunt for the the crown, the way these teams are beating each other up. So it'll be a really interesting finish. Yeah, it'll be a really it's this, nice. This get Nebraska a, that last game, which you know should be a an easy win. You know, if it comes down to that, you got to feel good that you're playing them and not at home. You know, one of the more elite teams. Correct. Right? Um, and I, you know. Still got to say the Big Ten might be the best conference in basketball right now. So this and it's not a. I mean, from top to bottom too, it's it's a tough conference. Right. I mean, uh, even you know playing at Minnesota is not necessarily a gimme. You know, uh, although they're struggling this year. I mean, we've seen crazy stuff happen in this conference where you better show up to play and you better have your A game every night. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. I mean. What I like is I'm hopeful that the Big Ten shows out in the tournament because they've had to play tough games night in and night out in their league. Yeah. Uh, so that they're, you know, battle-tested, if you will, for the tournament. So does Brad Davison get, like, his 13th senior night on March 6th? Or, <laughs> I hope uh, so. We should probably just do a senior night for Johnny Davis since he's not going to be there for yes, years. Yes, he's going to be a top-10 <clears throat> draft pick. Yeah. All right, let's add, I guess, anything to say about the Milwaukee Brewers real quick other than no. there's the universal DH, which will be really interesting Yeah, the owners approve the universal DH, um, but – the negotiations seem to be not getting anywhere. Um, the owners wanted a, a mediator. Uh, the player said no. Um, so it's just it's a lot of tug of war and bullshit right now. I guess that is rather frustrating for somebody who's a baseball fan. Yeah, you know, like pitchers and catchers are supposed, supposed to, to report, report this week. Yep. And, um, you know, it's always a sign that who oh, spring and summer are near. I mean, especially uh, for Wisconsin, right? For uh, for someone who grew up here, you grew up here. February sucks. Okay, oh, February, sucks. February sucks in Wisconsin. And so to get to the end of February and to have that March come in and, you know, then you're getting excited about the NCAA tournament, but also because baseball's back, you know, like yeah. you get to watch a little bit of spring training. You get yeah, to like hear March is great. March is great because you get this excitement. You get, you get a couple warm days. Yep. You get the NCAA tournament. You yep. get spring training baseball. Oh, my gosh, right? Like that's where you start to feel a much better, like, hey, the end yeah. is near. The weather's going to start to to get but but no baseball is kind of like what is there not going to be a summer now like yeah. I mean it just gets a little depressing as a Wisconsin kid right but yeah um, all right let's wrap up with the Bucks because they just um, got done with the trade deadline yep had some moves uh, Serge Ibaka is now a Buck and he's getting minutes yep uh, Dante Divincenzo is no longer a Buck which was probably the biggest non surprise ever. Uh, it's been rumored for a long time because his contract is coming up. They didn't have the money to pay him anyway. He's a good player, good yeah. athlete. I like him. Good, good type of team player. But just you knew that they weren't going to be able to pay him, so they needed to get something in return. Got a big man that can be athletic, can play defense, can shoot if need be. A good role player in Ibaka. Like mm-hmm. the trade. I yep. think it was smart. I think it worked out. Yep. Just signed DeAndre Bembry. In uh in a after his buyout, um, good role player veteran who can kind of come in and play a little defense, maybe stifle some player from the other team a little bit. Just a 
a good bench player, a good role player, right? Um, I think that's a, a decent move. I'm looking for another buyout. I think there's got to be another guard. I really yeah. love Gorgon Dragic. That's yeah. the dream, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, last night, the Bucks could not beat the Sixers. Embiid had a really good offensive game. Uh, 123-120, the Sixers beat the Bucks last night. Kind of going into the all-star break here, reset, get some guys some rest. Maybe we'll get some news on the buyout market. I don't know. The Bucks seem to be waiting for Brooke Lopez to come back maybe in the next month or two. That's going to be huge if he can and give them decent time. They just need that, that defensive presence and, and take the load off of Giannis trying to play a lot of the, the five. Um, just adds so much depth and flexibility for Bud come playoff time. Not so concerned about the record as I am about the health and making sure everybody's ready to roll when the playoffs come around. What do you think there, Mike? Yeah, just the inconsistent play right now, you know. Um, and I know, you know, you don't – you just got to get into the tourney. Um, but, you know, they're sitting at a five seed right now. That's just not a seed you want to be sitting at. You know, it's I true. think you'd – one, two, or three is where you'd really like to be. Now, it's pretty close there in the East. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot separating the top There's still five a, lot or six. Of, a lot to be played. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just the All-Star break now. So, um, you know, maybe that we get through that. Maybe we get um, our big center back. You know, I think that's probably... Brooke Lopez needs to be back. Yeah, yeah. that's a huge factor with our defense. Correct. Is not having Brooke underneath there, but... You know, you got Giannis. You got a guy that can take over a game. Um, Chris Middleton, when he's on fire, can hit it from anywhere. And my favorite, Mr. Holiday. Yeah. Um, Man, he's just – he does it on both ends of the court. Yep. Um, And I don't think totally gets the recognition he deserves. But um, I don't think he cares. He just wants to win. Yep. Actually, watching him play in the Olympics with Team USA – when he finally got on the court, like he wasn't there for the first game or whatever, yeah. it was such a difference. Yeah. Like he literally was the reason Team USA could do what they did. Right. Um, it just got more space for Durant. Um, and, and just defensively, yeah. and just running the show with confidence, making smart decisions. I love Drew Holiday as well. He's a huge part of that team. But like you said, um, who isn't around is making a difference. Brooke Lopez, uh, for what they do defensively, makes such and, – and just rebounding as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's just such a presence in the middle. And he can shoot the three. He just yeah. does so much for that team spacing-wise on offense and defense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can come back, and if he does, if he can come back and actually be effective with the back surgery that he had yeah. uh, at the end of the season. Well – That's it for Teaching Sports. As always, we hope you've been educated.